to the Audible presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Week three is amongst us as we welcome you inside the TCO studios for another edition of the Audible. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Tatum Everett. We got the two big men on the defensive line for the Minnesota Vikings beside us, Mr. Dalvin Tomlinson, Mr. Harrison Phillips. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us, first and foremost. So we like to start this thing off with two truths and a lie. So on the cue card in front of you, Harrison, we're going to start with you. Uh -huh. There are three sentences on your card. Dalvin, it's up to you to understand or to answer which two sentences are true and which one is a lie. Harrison, you got to read it out. You ready? Uh, I feel like DT is going to get this right. Okay. Right. You feel like it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Number one, in the morning, I never set my alarm to wake up on a number divisible by five. So I don't wake up at like 845, 850, 855. Okay. My nickname growing up as a kid was Handsome Harry or... <laughs> In 2019, I bought an 880-pound cow uh, to grill steaks and other stuff. Like, I, I bought the cow, like, the whole cow. Mm. I'm going with the first one, but the don't set your alarms by numbers of five. And why you think that is? Because I know you. DT. I thought I did. DT. I, I remember DT, the cow. dog, look at me. Handsome? Harry? <laughs> As a kid, bro. No, I was having faith in you, bro. I was chunky. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I was a cute kid, so I thought we was the same. <laughs> you were just telling us how you wore suits as a kid, yeah, so nah. I Dang. believe it, you man. Nah, nah I, I don't know what it is. I'm not like an OCD person, but for some reason, like, if I have to wake up at 9, but I said that thing at 8.59, I feel like, or 9.01, I feel mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm sleeping in. I get past 9 or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's just something mindset. I do. I get that. Yeah. And come on, horrible hair. You never hair. told me that. Horrible no. hair. No, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know how they know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they know that. I don't know, I mean, I don't know how Gabe knows that. Must have called Shay so, or well, check, I mean, your, your, your Twitter name is Horrible Harry. I know. That's why I figured. Yeah. I knew that, but as a kid, but honestly, I thought hey, he took it from me. To be know. honest, that's my man saying that I'm, 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 I'm a handsome man. There you, you go. Know what I'm so, you know, I really, look, you came up with that to trip him up anyway. He was trying to trip you up. The play on words. But Tatum, he has to... Explain the 880-pound yes. cow. Well, that's like about how much hanging weight a cow has. So, yeah, they're mm -hmm. like three, four hundred, three or 4,000 pounds or whatever these big mm -hmm. cattle weigh. Um, but in 2019, I actually went in on a cow with Jim Kelly, who was up in Buffalo as a, a former quarterback up there. And we had a mutual friend, uh, Tim McGraw. Mm -hmm. um, I knew uh, Tim mm -hmm. through their daughter Maggie at Stanford, and Jim knew him through, you know, being Jim. So we went in and got <laughs> one of his cows um, from his uh, farm down in Tennessee and brought it up, and then... Had to go buy a deep freezer, and that was my meat for like the next three years. So during COVID and all the prices was going crazy, we were good. I was, I was, I was about great. to say, how long does that even last you? Three years? Well, yeah, but I also wasn't in Buffalo year round. So like mm -hmm. I, okay. I was gone a lot, gotcha. you know, during the off seasons and stuff like that. But um, when you divide it out, it's definitely a frugal way to go if you're a big um, cow and beef eater. Just heard about that today. Double your turn. <laughs> Ooh, come okay. on, DT. Let's get it. Let's get it. never <laughs> <laughs> I tried playing multiple instruments as a kid, but gave up on it because of the difficulty. I am the only player in the entire 2017 NFL class to start every game possible. I earned admittance to Harvard University after graduating high school with a 4.4. Oh, I already know that one. We already know that one. <laughs> you see, I, I think number one is fake. I don't, I don't believe that you would give up on something that easy. I think that you... In my time being with you, like the harder something is, the more you push at it to make it correct. So I'm gonna go with number one is not true. You're correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, um, I played. I started off playing trumpet in middle school, mm. and then um, I moved to percussion instruments like snare drum, bass drum, xylophone, and piano. And, oh wow. Um, yeah. So I 
played I, a couple instruments in my lifetime, I guess you can say. Have you heard, do you have one of those start-stop pedal systems where you can like play everything you just listed and be your own like one-man band? No, 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 not that one. Cause like I'm, I'm super rusty on piano. Mm. Okay. And I could play a little bit of ukulele too. Oh wow. Love yeah. that. How does that help <laughs> with your, your, your cognitive process when it comes to being a professional? I think it helps a lot. So that's because like with football, you have to, the turnover is so quick every, every game, every week. Like mm -hmm. you have to get ready for the new opponent and you have to drop old stuff or pick up stuff from a couple weeks ago and all that stuff. And I'm um, just learning different instruments. It's like all of them are so similar, but they're yet so different. Mm. So the thinking process of actually sitting down and trying to learn this instrument helps out a lot. How did you find out about the Harvard admission? How well, did that come up in conversation? You know, um, when Ed Donatel came into the, the defense or onto this team this year, mm -hmm. From day one, we talked about partnerships and connections and like how important to be a great team is we have to love the guy next to us and know about our brother. So we've been um, sharing our stories in front of the team. And when we broke into the defensive line room, that's the same thing the position groups were supposed to share um, within each other's groups. So we knew each other. And obviously Dalvin being one of the oldest guys, one of the veteran guys in the room, he went first. And so we went up and started telling the story. And I'm writing this stuff down. You know, I want to know, know, get to know my dog. And, I'm like, oh, dang, okay, that's me too. Oh, that. Okay. And so he, t he tells a lot of his story, and then I'm the next guy to go. Mm -hmm. And so I go up, and I was like, honestly, I don't have anything to say. DT in my story is like the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, even Coach Donatello then put up a picture of both of us, mm -hmm. and it was a great example of, like, guys from completely different backgrounds, you know, uh, SEC, Pac-12. I'm from Nebraska, from the South. Like, um, and then – what was it? We had like 4.0 plus students accepted to Ivy League mm -hmm. schools, mm -hmm. uh, three-time state champion wrestlers, gone through multiple ACL tears, mm -hmm. engaged a high school girlfriend. Like we didn't get the same person. <laughs> they put a little stepbrother's picture of us. Yeah. Um, and so I, I knew that, you know, he probably would step to a lot of the Ivy League schools just like I was. Wow. And I know like both of you guys, just speaking of wrestling, right? Both of you guys are state champions. Mm -hmm. And that's a, I'm sure that's probably key to being a good defensive tackle, but how was that key, explaining that to our audience? How was it key being a former wrestler and being a defensive tackle? How does that correlate? I personally think it's, it's like the best thing you could do as a lineman in general just because in wrestling you learn so much about leverage. And as a defensive lineman and offensive lineman, like leverage wins everything. And mm -hmm. you learn how to use somebody's body against their own will. And as a defensive lineman, we do that every Sunday. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's like the biggest part of it. And the mental toughness is yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the physical part, like he said, I mean, balance, core work, hips, hands, mm -hmm. all that stuff comes into play. Um, you see guys like the way that DT can play some of his blocks. He doesn't have to be locked into the guy because he can feel his momentum mm -hmm. and that allows him to like gap in a half and make other plays. Well, let me feel but, too good over here. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the mental side Put of the, the game, right now. I think the mental side of the game is interesting because so much in today's world with participation awards and uh, a lot of people want to put the blame on other people. Offense didn't score points. Defense made them, you know, they let up too many points. Coaches play calling, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Wrestling, it's you and another man in a mat. Mm -hmm. And you can't blame the, the turf. You can't blame your cleats. The clay call, mm -hmm. it's you and another man. Mm -hmm. And so much in the trenches, that happens. Now, sometimes they get two against one. Not so fair. <laughs> but when <laughs> it is that one-on-one, -on -one, you, you know, when you wrestle your whole life, you, you build that habit of like, you know, I have to come out victorious in this one-on-one -on -one matchup. Okay, I have a guest question. This is from your defensive line coach, Chris Rohn. Oh, Lord. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> what is your favorite wrestling move? And if they'd win, if they were a tag team in the WWE. So two-part question. First, what was your favorite wrestling move? 
Uh, favorite wrestling move okay. had to be any type of cradle. Okay. Mm. okay. Outside single for me. Mm. You, I thought, you said you did sweep singles too, so I thought you were yeah. going to say that too. I was too, going but. to, but I was like, I feel a lot of people on cradles. Okay. So. I would say show us that, but we got a radio audience listening. But. Uh. No, no, we also want them to be healthy in the game on Sunday. Uh, but then the, the second part, if you guys were a tag team in the WWE, would you win? Okay, DT, we need to talk about this. Most definitely. This, is the this should be our transition out the league. When, we, when we decide it. to go, I was thinking about it. after a couple Super Bowls. We definitely could do that, and we're definitely going to win, though. You got yeah. you get a name? Would there be a name? That's mm. for the next time you invite us on. Next time. <laughs> oh, okay. No, we, can't, we, can't, we can't release the it The tease is our job. The tease is supposed to be our job. We said now, though. Yeah. Ain't no yeah. gotta wait. Um, like, would you really consider, like, doing something? Yeah, I need to lose some weight first, but I'm off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, look. Well, oh, and, hey, the gauntlet would be cold. Ooh, That's a WWE son. Yeah, that could be cold. Hey, well, the look. gauntlet sounds like a great name. The gauntlet for him. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the gauntlet in one of his face stone. I want couches one off. <laughs> you got the right and he got the left. Yeah, I guess so. That's exactly how it could be. Well, look, we're going to end this first segment on that note. Coming up right after the break, we'll have more with Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Thomas. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Audible. The Audible is presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings is here. Visit vikings.com slash science to learn more. We are back. This is The Audible presented by 3M. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Tatum Everett. We got Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, Minnesota Vikings defensive lineman on the show. And uh, fellas, uh, being a former wide receiver, I, I mean, I get the ball in my hands a lot. Uh, you guys have had it five times combined in your, hand, in your hands. Harrison, you got three fumble recoveries. Dalvin, you got two fumble recoveries here, both here with the Minnesota Vikings. And um, I got to ask, for a defensive lineman, what is it like getting a fumble recovery? Because I saw you high step it last time when you, when you got it against the Green Bay yeah. Packers, Dalvin. It's super exciting. Uh, you know, one thing the defense always want to do is run to the end zone. Mm -hmm. That being smart last week, you know, I wasn't. <laughs> I, if I ran down there and they overturned it, I got to go back in there. Yeah. So, so um, save my lungs for that one. But it's super exciting. You know, it's uh, we barely get to touch the ball, and uh, when we do, we just feel like a big, big kid again, all over again. <laughs> Yeah, I second that. I would say um, when you look at like the easiest way to tell if you're going to win a game, it's a turnover margin. Mm -hmm. And so that's such a big play in a game. To, to, however you come up with the football, whatever it is, um, it's a really big play. And then I would say that I, I'm low-key a little scared when I get that thing. Like luckily the three times that I've got them, it's in the mush. So I'm mm -hmm. already down. Mm -hmm. But if there was space and I have to scoop and go... Lord better be with me. <laughs> that's no a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, if you score, you got to agree. If they, cross, if they caught Chris to. Boyd, they for sure catching me. <laughs> hey, got, I got you. If you get on a 20-yard line, I think you got it. And if you blocking for me? I got you, bro. There we go. If I'm not there we go. on a double line. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't cause it on the ground, right? Harrison, are you a Marvel or DC guy? Um, that's a great question. I'm, I'm going to go Marvel. Um, hey, he, I know, I, I, I know I'm feeling it right now. That's why I answered so quickly. But I do, I do F with Batman. So okay, okay. But 
Because uh, you know, yeah, had to ask the question, yeah. right? Yeah, you got We're actually, because of, actually, Dalvin kind of inspired my fiance and our, our start and the whole Marvel start to finish. Are you? He's, he's helped me out with the list and the order I got to go and stuff. Oh, well, man, There's you a got lot. a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. But once it snow, you know, not too much stuff to do. You know, I, I'm a homebody. <laughs> Wake up at 9 o'clock to do it, right? Is it something that started when you were a kid? 56. Uh, yes and no. Yes, because I started a DC fan as a kid. Yeah. Like watching all the Teen Titans and stuff yeah. like that, and um, as I got older, I liked Marvel better because Iron Man is my favorite Marvel mm. superhero. And um, I, like I told HP, like on the field I try to be Thanos, but off the field I try to be Iron Man. I love so, that. I love that. <laughs> so what did the where did the glove idea come from of you putting in you know drawing Infinity drawing Stones, Stones on, on your so, white gloves? Okay, uh, in New York, uh, it was actually against Detroit when Matt Stafford was there. I got a sack, and um, we were t- just watched a Marvel movie. I forgot which one it was. And I got a sack, and I threw up the gauntlet and did the snap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the next year, I did it again, and people start going crazy about it. The last year, I was sitting in my locker uh, talking to Mike Pierce, and me and Mike oh, wow. was talking about it. And he was like, hey, bro, we might need to put stones on there. <laughs> That's a good idea. So I went and got all the Sharpies with all the colored <laughs> stones, and I started drawing them on there. And like, uh, I don't think last year everybody didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And then this year, like, everybody started noticing mm-hmm. it. So, um, yeah, I just... I love it. You describe that right hand as being unstoppable. I mean, either even mm-hmm. last week when I was in the locker room asking you guys about the run game and how you stop it, you were like, just use your hand, man. I mean, <laughs> you kind of talked a little bit about it, too, when you said that he can just feel a guy's momentum. But how unstoppable is Dalvin's right hand? Watch, watch the film. <laughs> That's about all I can say. I mean, luckily, I don't have to feel it. I know that when we partner up. In our D-line indie, I normally try to avoid Dalvin oh, uh, just because of what the, the right hand can do. But no. Uh, and, and speaking of, I think the gauntlets were the coolest thing ever. But, you know, he also writes on his left hand, too. And I think that brings him just as much power oh, wow. um, as the motivation that the right hand does. Speaking of power, so you, you posted that video, of Dalvin, on your Instagram of mm-hmm. the Vikings capturing that moment against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders pre, mm-hmm. pregame. And uh, I, I remember looking at your caption on that photo, and it said, uh, reality is often disappointing. Now, reality can be whatever I want. And I feel like when you guys are on the football field, that's your reality. So we, we've talked about who you guys are off the field, mm-hmm. but when that helmet comes on, like, who are you guys? Thanos. Mm. <laughs> to, say, to say the least. But, um, yeah, you know, when you put the helmet on and you, you're in the zone, it's like you go to a whole different place, I guess you can say, because... And the trenches is by far not the easiest thing to play on a football field. It's mm-hmm. not super flashy. You, most of the time, you're probably an unsung hero on the inside. So it's like you have to have the mindset is like, yeah, you're going out here to play for the guy next to you. You're not just doing this just for yourself because mm-hmm. it takes all of us up front. We're a unit, and we feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say there's definitely that, like, dog approach that you have to, to bring into the trenches. But for me, honestly, game days are very spiritual for me. Like, I feel, you know, like Holy Spirit, God's presence really big in me. So I would say more like a, a, a disciple on game day mm-hmm. where, um, you know, God has blessed me with so, all of us with so many amazing traits and qualities and reassured us in our life that this is what we're supposed to be doing is playing football. That uh, when we have such a big cloud of great witnesses that we can, you know, hopefully can do something to turn their eyes back to him. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm out there often asking for like holy spirit wake up me let me make a play Mm -hmm. to turn their eyes to to show them who's really playing through me yeah that's powerful Mm -hmm. uh it makes me feel really weird when i ask my next question though so i apologize for this awful segue but you did talk (laughs) a little bit about 
that dog mentality going out there. And you came in here saying, you know, the nose tackle job is basically like being a fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. Had you heard that before? <laughs> yeah, I heard it in an interview. <laughs> I heard it. I was like, oh, had man. you heard that before he described it that way? No. No. Would you agree with the description? Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you coin right. this? Is this something that we need to trademark? Um, I, I think I had a, a pastor who mentioned it to me okay. uh, back in, in California, but I definitely added on to it with, you know, you just get pissed on the whole time and yeah. just got, you know, there's, there's a role for you, but that shot from this side, shot from that side, three people sometimes. So, uh, but luckily in our room, we divvy up the doubles pretty solid and DT takes as many as, as I do and vice versa. So, um, yeah. but it's, when you when you talk about the shell defense and the places have had great success with it, um, it's a lot of guys in the front seven be able to set the edges and, and mm -hmm. slow the run game gap, run game down mm -hmm. while we hold our shells. So um, we know that in this defense is different than the ones I've played in before, um, where they're really just bumping you and coming off. I mean they can kind of hang on you a little extra step. So there's um, you know a little more physical, a little more sore after games, mm -hmm. um, but it also makes you um, a little more grateful for that feeling too. Are, are there any traits that carry, I mean, you, both of you guys played in New York, you played for the Giants, Dalvin, mm -hmm. you played for the Bills, uh, Harrison. Are there any traits that carry on from one team to another that continues to make a good defensive lineman? Because schemes are different wherever you go. Mm -hmm. But are there any common traits that, or what are some common traits that make things work from different place to place? Yeah, I feel like uh, since I played in a couple of different defenses in the NFL, and um, I feel like the most consistent thing is your hands. Like if you have bad hands, it doesn't matter how mm -hmm. fast, how strong you are, how much work you put in. If you don't have good hands on the defensive line, it's going to be a long night for you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the hands, uh, hands, hips, and feet are like the top things we use every single play. Yeah, I say hands get me out of trouble a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I would say a trait that is a great trait to have, something that Dalvin and I can use is um, just that uh, like cognitive flexibility to be able to anticipate plays. Mm -hmm. You don't want to guess plays, mm -hmm. but you can anticipate them coming. And like, if I sent you out there to go play D-tackle and I told you before the play, it's going to be wide zone, you have a one-on-one -on -one with the center, mm -hmm. you might have a better chance yeah. than if you just go out there and say, I don't know what the hell's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think having that, you know, um, the mental side of the game um, is a trait that obviously any defensive player can capitalize on if you understand how to break down offenses. Mm -hmm. After watching mm -hmm. the tape, from the Philly game and seeing the performance, how do you digest that and move on to the Lions knowing that, I mean, we, we spoke after the game, talking a lot about there were miscommunications on the field. How do you overcome those for a better performance on Sunday? Uh, you have to take it and um, you have to grow from it. Uh, you have to see the mistakes we made. And I feel like the biggest thing for us, we uh, got to a point I felt like up front, we weren't playing, our, we weren't playing the game we normally would play. Mm -hmm. we were, uh, we wouldn't be in us to the fullest ability to help the help our other guys and make stuff make plays. And I'm like, uh, it reminds me of like when I was in Alabama, we lost to Ole Miss like week three. Mm. And then next thing you know, our defense just clicked on a whole new level and we became one of the best defenses in defense on NCAA. Mm. So it's like uh, you have to use those. It's all about the adversity we get from it and grow from it as a team, as a defense and just as a whole unit. Mm -hmm. Where, where do you feel like you guys have grown thus far from week one to week two to week three? Because, you know, every week is different, but as far mm -hmm. as a defensive line unit. Us up front, I mean, I think mm -hmm. a lot of it's trusting and understanding like, hey, I know so-and-so is going to be in his gap. I don't have to do something extra. I don't have to be the one to make the play. We'll let the plays come. The communication aspect that he talked about, you know, it's different playing at home, playing on the road. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we, you know, total different offenses that we faced already versus what we were playing in training camp versus our offense all year. So um, it, it's definitely an evolution of thing. Uh, I would hope to God that we never look back and say we played our best football in early September, mid-September. So um, we're definitely growing, buying into it, and the more we can understand our responsibilities and uh, playing off each other, I think uh, there's no ceiling for where we can go defensively, where we can go up front, where we can go as a team. Now you get to go back to U.S. Bank Stadium. You probably are excited about that. The first game for you was, was kind of crazy. Yeah, that was really cool. That was, um, like I said, in the preseason game, I stayed in the, um, mm-hmm. the locker room to miss the pregame theatrics so that when I got to go out, that was the first time I experienced it. But, yeah, it's really, really, really loud stadium. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I played in Buffalo the last few years, and um, they talk about their fans being so diehard. But with the open stadium, it doesn't get near as loud mm-hmm. as what it was. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, that was definitely special. And when you think about any organization, if you, you know, fast forward and the guys who try to, you know, win the Super Bowl, what are some checklist things that you should really focus on? That'd be winning at home and mm-hmm. winning against the division. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. having a home game yeah. against the division this week, just like we did two weeks ago, um, you know, extra emphasis yeah. to try to go one and zero each week. For mm-hmm. sure. His dad also said that he got a little emotional in, this, in the Showtime sequence. He said yeah. it was that cool. Yeah. It's a, it's an That's experience. So yeah. <laughs> this is proud. Do you still, Dalvin? Do you still like have your moments where you hear that skull chant? You just like, oh, oh shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, when you hear the skull chant right before kickoff and stuff, it's like you can't explain it because you could feel. Mm. You could feel it. Like mm-hmm. and um, just when we have to go on offense first, I'd be so mad <laughs> <laughs> because I want to hit somebody so bad that it's like. It just makes you so amped up and like so locked in that much more. And sometimes you have to sit like I sit when the offense is out there, I just stand there sometimes and think like we're really in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Like this is a blessing. But um yeah, the score chant is, is crazy. Like I've never seen anything like it. And to have the fans have that much effect on the game is it's a blessing because especially on defense, we all on the same page already and then the the fans are making the offense mess up their communications mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just you love to see it. Well, the, the good thing about it all is that the off, opposing offenses can't hear their plays, and you guys mm-hmm. probably can't hear each other also. But I'm sure the Not defensive guys will be <laughs> Did you get that? Did you get that one? Man, well, it was good for all of us to hear you guys today. This was a, another fun episode with Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Thompson. Fellas, appreciate you as always. Yeah, Let's get a dub this Sunday, all right? It was definitely. Invite us back sometime. Thank you again for joining us on this week's edition of The Audible. The Audible is presented by 3M the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings.